um, Russ and I, before you guys got on, we're just singing some of our favorite Beatles songs. Which we cannot mm. do on the show because we will get sued into oblivion. Well, <laughs> oh, no, we no, no, can no, do no. parody. It's actually not a problem. It's actually not a problem because we can just uh, tweak the mm. lyrics. Oh, no. And so it won't be um, um, like... Um, uh, like a big problem. So like I might be like ding 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 ding. I am the sea pig. Yep. You are the <laughs> sea pig. I am the sea pig. Do do be do. Something like that. What's another hey, one? Hey Scrooge. Yeah. You're on a mountain. <laughs> hey Scrooge. You could do like uh you could do like number six. Number six. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Number. That's good. No, it wasn't. <laughs> what about the dong and hiney toad? Come on, yeah, it's a little about, puerile humor for you. Yeah, I love. I love that shit. I crave that shit. <laughs> uh, um, uh, Jessica Phillips picks up the rice <laughs> in the building where wedding has been. That's good. I like that. This is good. We're really tapping into our uh, Gen Z <laughs> audience right here. Yeah, our Zillennials. We could be like, we could be like, uh, it would be like, not paperback writer. If you just add not in front of oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's good. Uh, then they, they can't prove in court that you were talking. My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy, and I did... You can't say I didn't play a game this week. You say hello, and I say goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Hello, my name is Christopher Plant, and I know the best game of the week. What was that, Justin? I was just trying to skip you. (laughs) Justin forgot you were here, Russell. Remind me, Russ. Make me feel your presence. My name is Russ Brushing, and I know the best Beatles song of the week. Hello, and welcome to the Beatles. (laughs) (laughs) The Beatles, too. This time about video games. It's the besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest at home. Interactive entertainment. Uh, We have come a long way since Pac-Man, but not such a long way since Mario. Which I decided I would get in front of the violence. Today we're talking about uh, Paper Mario, Origami King. I decided I would get ahead of the violence of hearing Russ say Mario all the time. By I will say it also. I noticed and maybe that. Maybe I'll get acclimated. I noticed to that. It. I was so happy. Sort of taking it out for a walk. How did, how did it treat yeah. you, Justin? You've done it a couple times now. Um, a acrid mouthfeel is, <laughs> yeah. is what I would say. Pungent. It's, it's, it, ugh, don't yeah. Don't love it. I'll so, what did you think of Popper Mario? Popper Mario is this is like I don't know. Uh, okay, I'll just tell you um, my experience with Popper Mario. Oh God, <laughs> uh, has has the Origami King uh, has been one where I have constantly felt on the ver- cusp of it clicking for me, mm-hmm. like 
right, like almost like I'm about to get into a groove with this. And then it just can't quite get there. The mechanics for me are just too simplistic to really draw me in. They have stripped out so many of the RPG kind of mechanics to leave something that's neither RPG nor sort of like an action game. It's for sure um, its own thing. Yeah. It's its own thing. Can we start a little earlier and just like give people a rundown on like what this game is really quick? I think we can thread sort of both things that we were just talking about in that Paper Mario has become its its own sort of genre that I feel like you really can't go into this expecting a uh, Mario and Luigi RPG game. And that covers like Superstar Saga, uh, Bowser's Inside Story, uh, the time travel one where they teamed up with them ba- with their baby selves. Mm-hmm. Like those are those were those were RPGs in the vein of well, they're, they're their own vein, right? Like those established like a, a, their own thing. I was gonna say, I think there is like a splitting point, right? So Paper Mario as a franchise started originally on the what was it N sixty four N sixty four, right? So it started yeah. originally in N sixty four, and it was an RPG, no question about it. It had all the like makings of an RPG with like you know, right. mana points and hit points and everything that you expect from an RPG. And they made two of those. They made the first Paper Mario and they made Paper Mario uh, Thousand Year Door on the GameCube. And then there was a splitting point. And the Paper Mario franchise sort of, the RPG franchise sort of morphed into Mario and Luigi, which was on the handheld like Game Boy uh, 3DS yep. and stuff like that. And, and those games are and those games are great. Bowser's great Inside Story came out, I think, a, 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 on 3DS. Weirdly, last year. Yeah. Uh, and that game holds up. It's very clever. Those games are hilarious, and like they have pretty solid RPG mechanics. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Super Super Paper Mario was on the Wii, and that's kind of where it started to go in more this like weird platformer adventure family turn based combat family game, yeah. and then with Color Splash. Which was that Wii U? I forget what Color Splash came out on. Uh, Color Splash, and then Sticker Star in the 3DS, and now Origami King. Like it's its own, it's its own fucking thing that does like there is turn-based combat, but it is actually no wait. That's not even true anymore with Origami King. Now it's weird puzzle-based combat. Uh, I didn't like this game. I don't care for the new Paper Mario games, which is heartbreaking because I adore the like traditional Mario and Luigi RPG games. Because I think the word I would use to describe Origami King and Color Splash and Sticker Star is just gimmicky, which I like. I don't think translates the same way that it does for other video games. I mean it like in this game, the combat feels like a one-trick pony mm. and the exploration feels like a one-trick pony. The whole world is made out of paper and I feel like you really have to think that that is extremely cool and entertaining to get anything out of I mean, Origami King. it is cool. Uh, like, it's cool, it is. The but is visuals it, is are very cool. But uh, not so much that I was spending the whole game going like, whoa, paper waterfall, man. (laughs) Uh, You have a button where you can throw (laughs) confetti out to like fill in these like holes in the paper mache environment. And sometimes it'll reveal little hidden things. And sometimes it'll just like allow you to go up a staircase that you couldn't go up before. And that mechanic of like getting confetti and pressing a button to fill in a hole in the environment is not fun the first time that you do it. And then like, continues to not be fun and actually gets like kind of annoying when you're like oh fuck I'm out of confetti but I need to make this staircase so I guess I'll go hit some trees with my hammer like it's just it it's so shallow and it's so it just it everything feels like a, somebody had an idea but like didn't think of a way to like make it mean anything outside of just pressing a button to make 
confetti come out. Yeah, I, I think uh, that the confetti thing that you're talking about is the perfect thing to kind of like drill into because I think you can compare it to uh, Luigi's Mansion, right? Which also has a, a thing that could be very tedious and boring, which is the vacuum mechanic. There, it's easy to imagine a world in which a video game developer is like, okay, you press this button and then you spam it until the thing is caught in your vacuum. And the the Nintendo magic is adding everything around it, that it feels good doing it, that mm-hmm. the entire world, you know, is impacted by the vacuum, that you're, like, wrestling with the ghost to, to make it work. And I can see a world, I hate doing, like, how would I have designed this game? I could see a world where this game probably had more investment, where there was something more pleasurable than just spamming a button and waiting for the spray confetti animation to repeat itself three times before a hole is filled. And then also waiting for the load animation of that new confetti floor to turn into normal ground, where somebody along the way is saying, okay, we we quite simply cannot do this unless it is extremely pleasurable, because you're going to be doing it the whole game. Um, I think the same applies to the combat, which I'll let somebody... Fresh, do you want to try to explain the combat? Okay, so the combat is basically the best I can describe it. It's a slide puzzle. Traditionally, slide puzzles are like three by three, you know, blocks, but here you're rotating rings and shifting enemies around to basically line them up. And if you line up enemies in the right way, uh, you get a big bonus in damage. You can basically one-shot all the enemies on the board. The problem is that puzzle that you're solving does not change for like 99% of the fights you do. So you end up doing the same slide puzzle over and over and over again about 100 times before you get to any variation, which are the boss fights, which are quite good. I actually enjoyed the boss fights, but almost every other fight in the game is the same slide puzzle with slight variations of like, oh, the enemies are here instead of here. But generally, it's the same thing. And you have no do you have no choice. I mean, the, the big thing that I like about the like classic Paper Mario RPGs and the Mario and Luigi RPGs is you're making choices of saying like, oh, I'm going to use this power and I have to like, Uh, you know, play this little mini game to like get the most damage and stuff like that. And, oh, this is going to cost a lot of mana points, but uh, it's going to be worth it because it's going to knock everyone out. And here, the number of choices you have are really limited. All you can do is like, well, do I want to hammer or I want to stomp on a guy? Do I want to use my slightly more powerful boots or the less powerful boots? Like the choices are not interesting. Those choices are also prescribed. Yeah answers based on how you arrange enemies on this circular arena uh because most of the time the puzzles if you want to think of them that way uh enemies show up on this field in groups of four because those uh you you have four enemies in one of the chosen patterns which is a straight line out from the center where you're standing and then you can jump on them uh for for maximum damage or you can arrange them in a two by two square right next to the center of the arena where you're at if you do it that way you can hit them with the hammer so really it's not much of a choice you're just arranging them based on the solution to the puzzle and then doing the attack that is then is what you do based on the shape that you made that they like that was the correct answer it's not good (laughs) i just want to add one more irritant to the combat thing is that in addition to uh not being able to choose whether or not you uh use your hammer or your boots really uh for jumping you also have these like upgraded versions of the boots and the hammer something that should feel cool, but instead they're consumable items where if you use them a few times, they break and then you have to go get more. And you have so much money that it's not an issue to go buy more. 
It's just like you have to go trek back and buy more disposable shoes and hammer to use on the enemies. And it's so just like it's not fun. Like you get a better hammer that should feel good. It doesn't because every time you use it, you're like, well, I, I got to it's going to break soon. So I got to go back and use another one. It's like very un unpleasurable. So here's uh, here's kind of where my head is at with this game. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time dunking on it because it is not great. And and I say not great. I know that we've we we had mixed feelings on Last of Us um and on Ghost of Tsushima, right? But those games are like well made and moment to moment enjoyable. Even if I like have serious issues with the story of Last of Us or that I found Ghost of Tsushima overly familiar, I can still play Ghost of Tsushima yeah. for like 40 hours and yeah. like burn my time. And, and there's like still like meat on the bone in terms of what to talk about critically. Y'all, this game is just kind of a, a, a mediocre game. Like it is, there's not a lot to even break down with it. I guess I'm saying this because I, I, I've seen this from, I, I've heard this feedback from our listeners and I definitely feel it too of like, it's almost like draining <laughs> to like have to talk yeah. uh, to dunk on a game like this. So I, I I'm curious, was, was there anything that you liked? And also beyond that, like what great Mario game can people play on the Switch that isn't this one? Right? Yeah, I will I will compliment the I really there is most of the writing is bland. Some of the writing is very funny. Yes. Um. And 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 the the tone overall is like pleasant. It's a little bit sardonic. Not as hard as some of these games have leaned before. Like it's not like knowing wink wink. But there's just like you rescue these toads that are stuck in the environment by hitting with a hammer or pulling them out of the ground. Like they're folded up and you have to unfold them by hitting them or pulling them out. And some of them have some pretty good lines. Uh. In fact, most of them I would say are like at least like pleasant and some are genuinely very funny there was one where uh a paper toad had been folded into a grasshopper and i hit him with my hammer to turn him back to a toad and he said uh i was a grasshopper for 30 minutes and i didn't learn anything <laughs> that was his, it was re- i don't know why that one really hit my my funny spot but there's some good like little story and character moments like that and i also wanted to mention like i think the boss fight it takes you like five hours to get to the first boss fight which is a little bit odd but once you get to the boss fight it's actually really like i found it actually quite engaging it changes did you describe the mechanics of that so it's it's also a slide puzzle so don't don't uh, think it's that drastic but it's mechanically completely different where instead of lining enemies up you're basically building a path for mario to follow as he approaches like the the boss and each boss has like different points so the first boss you fight is like a big turtle and you have to like hit all its feet and its tail to like make it flip over to uh, expose the weak point so doing those steps and like making choices of like how the path is going to go i found really interesting and very satisfying when you actually do pull it off and you do like a lot of damage on the boss so I, yeah. there is like there are good ideas in this game they're just not uh, a lot of them <laughs> uh the the bosses are also what is it the legion of stationary or something like yeah. that and the fr- I, i'm not ruining anything that's like not in the trailers uh and uh, the first boss that you fight is a 
uh, container of colored pencils <laughs> that like launches the colored <laughs> pencils at you like a rocket launcher. Like that's fucking cool. Like yeah. it it t- it's the uh, Lego Movie uh, like crazy glue being like this artifact of power, like this item of in this world of paper. Here's a stapler that is like a demigod. Like that's great. That's cool. That's entertaining. The reason I don't feel as bad about like dunking on this game is because there is so much. Uh, history and there are so many examples of this exact idea being done like really really well uh you mentioned the toads and that is like for for fans of like paper mario games and and mario and luigi rpgs like uh i remember around the time sticker star came out like this frustration came about which is like most of the characters in this game most of the interactions that you have are with toads this game is like the characters in this game are like 98% toads uh, and not like the kind of fun, colorful cast of characters that you would get from a different game from a different developer. And it's just, it's kind of boring. Like you don't get a lot. The new characters you get are uh, Olivia, who is your sprightly companion who doesn't, I feel like have much character to her whatsoever and then the origami king himself who is also like not that exciting the best character the best character i have experienced in this game is a fucking box of colored pencils who was very who was very cool but i you know like that's i i don't know i feel like it's very homogenous i should just mention as you get deeper into the game there are new party members that join you so like right after that first boss there's actually like a bomb who joins your party and actually appears in fights and slightly changes the way fights play out so there are other characters but it takes a while to get there so plant had the question about which other mario games to play on the switch I'm actually not going to recommend a Mario game. I am going to recommend a quasi Paper Mario game. I think I talked about this. And and Griffin has talked about it, and it's called Bug Fables. And it is 100% designed with uh, the mindset of Paper Mario Thousand Year Door. That that era of Paper Mario RPG is Bug Fables. Uh, Obviously, it doesn't have the Mario franchise or anything behind it. But if you want to sort of relive that era... um, yeah, it's called Bug Fables. It's on Switch. It's on PC. I think it might be on other consoles. Um, definitely check that out because it, it definitely checks that box. It's terrific. Good try. Wrong answer. Uh, oh. The best Mario RPG on Nintendo Switch is Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, Tokyo, <laughs> 2020. Don't go fuck off. It is. No, it's good. And it has RPG mechanics and it's full of joyful surprises. What are the RPG mechanics? Have you not played it? No, I haven't no. played Mario and Sonic. Okay, so no, I'm, 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 we're going to save this for a very special episode sometime in the future because this game is truly bizarre and the Olympics aren't actually happening right now. So right. I will make sure that you actually play this. It is a deeply weird swing and maybe a miss at <laughs> some <laughs> of the Atlas uh, stuff of like Mario sports games. Um it, I mean, it, it is a game where uh, somebody was like, I don't know, here's a whole bunch of money and way too much time. Just keep adding things until we tell you to stop. Um, and then they released it. It's wonderful. Also, you can see like uh, their feet and they look so weird. Is it like on some Camelot level RPG, like the Mario Golf games? Like, is it, that what you're talking about? It's not full story like that. It's like, it's like a mishmash. It's like a whole bunch of different things all at once. I played it. I'll it's share like, it with you. It's anyway. Anyone else have any other Mario games that actually? <laughs> I mean, Mario Odyssey is really good. Yeah, um, God, I I actually had a weird itching to go back and play Mario Odyssey. Me too, I think man. Because these two subpar Mario games that we've been 
I was about to say enjoying, but that's not the right word. Something like enjoying. Um, what was the other one? Galaxy, you mean? Uh, Galaxy 2. Galaxy 2 is good. Okay. I mean, lots of things are good, but I, don't, I just don't think it's good enough to play. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I don't really know. Uh, I think I think what's wildest about uh, Paper Mario as it is now is how bewildering it is. Like, I don't know who it's for. I don't know uh, why they make the decisions that they make in making it. Like, I get the urge to innovate and the urge to, like, differentiate it from its its past. But it also feels like this formula, this weird platform puzzle action, very, very light RPG mechanic genre that they've worked out is, like, N- not especially well liked by anyone. So here's what I wanted to mention. So I, a- after playing this, I I did a little bit of research just because I hadn't played the other, like the more recent Paper Mario games because they got so critically like hammered. And I was looking back at it, and the designer when it like switched uh, over, I think it was whatever that like transition game after Thousand Year Door happened. The designer was basically saying, there's a quote that I read that was basically, I wanted to make an RPG that had no experience points, no leveling up, and no items. And that was my goal. And I think the intention, if I had to guess, was to design an RPG that like very, very young kids could play. So like six-year-old, seven-year-old kids could play. But I think even then, they are underestimating what kids are capable of. Like I was pretty young when I played Super Mario RPG, which is one of the hardest of the paper of the Mario RPG games, and I was able to hack it. And some of that is like, yeah, hand it to my older brother who can like finish this part for me. But that's satisfying to like be able to finish a tough game. So if that is the case, though, and I love, I I want to celebrate stuff like that. Um, I will say that the the open world walking around, throwing around confetti and filling in holes is something my my five year old daughter actually really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So it was very easy for her to 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 glom onto, but the slide puzzles yeah. were tough for me. <laughs> like I wouldn't be able to explain her to her. Like, no, you just turn that. There was, I, I mean, literally like half the time I was like, I don't know. I, I, you only get 30 seconds to do it, which drives me crazy. Well, you can like, buy more. Just let me, you can buy more. You can time. buy more time with money, but like, but that's another thing where like, it's similar to the degrading items. Just like, well, that's not fun. Like I'm spending yeah. my money to to buy more time like i don't get a sense of satisfaction from that like it's just i don't know and when you get one it's it's not bad like it feels pretty good but like to have to get additional time and 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 you know kids couldn't like yeah no that that would be very tough for kids to do i think just to boil it down like it just doesn't have the like when we think of nintendo magic and i think uh luigi's mansion 3 is like the best example that best recent example of that when we think of nintendo magic this game does not have nintendo magic it has like glimmers like an outline of like moments of nintendo magic but the core gameplay and the just everything it just doesn't have that spark um which is a bummer because we do not get very many uh exclusive nintendo games and especially right now it is like a very clear schedule of no nintendo games so i was really looking forward to it yeah i i guess to wrap it up i've, I've thought quite a bit about this and um Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 isn't as much of an RPG as I actually remember it. It's more of a series of mini games tied together by a time warping story mode that takes you back to the Olympics of 1964. So, sure. Uh, I, I just want everybody to know that I, I I take that back, but I still do recommend the game because it does have a time warping story mode set in 1964. Wasn't that the Munich Olympics? Y'all. 
You already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? 
to get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. God, I hope not. Anyway. Well, we're going to take a quick break and um, catch up on our history. And then when we get back, we'll talk about literally anything else. Okay, this is a big question. Russ recommended this question. Welcome back, by the way. Russ recommended this question, and I think it's so good. And I want to talk about it for a very long (laughs) amount of time, which is why we stopped talking about Paper Mario. Which Mario power-up would you genuinely want to eat, (laughs) and why? It's less about the powers and more about the flavor. Discuss. Okay, so, and again, it's important. Like, you're not going to eat the mushroom Uh because it makes you big. You're gonna eat the mushroom because damn, that mushroom looks good. That's the like gist of it. Okay, but you are you are. Oh god, this this whole fucking question is built upon like a a a, a, I think an enormous inescapable fallacy, Mm. which is the idea that Mario eats the power ups to get their power. He doesn't because. Okay, let's talk. It makes sense with with mushroom. It makes sense with mushroom. Mushroom, 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 yes, and then. End of list. My man doesn't eat flowers. He doesn't eat capes. He doesn't eat tanuki suits. He doesn't eat hammers. He doesn't eat shells. He doesn't eat boomerangs. He doesn't eat stars. No, okay, yeah, but you're, you're leaving out quite a few. You're leaving out dash peppers. You're leaving mm-hmm. out double cherries. You're leaving out frogs. Okay, I can get, you're leaving out ice skates. You're leaving out uh, uh, bells. You're leaving out. There's. I. There. I think there's probably more oh, metal caps. Yeah. I don't think he eats them. But well, well, that's what I would say. Is maybe that narrows it down for you, Griffin. Maybe you only yeah. have a few possible options. But I'm not sure it's a boring one. Okay, there's one I would eat. There's one I would eat that maybe I shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And that's the. Uh, that's a pea wing. You dip that in some Frank's Red Hot. Oh boy. <laughs> Ooh. I would eat a pea wing. I think a pea wing. I think a pea wing you could get through. I think it would be challenging. Mm-hmm. I think there'd be some. I think there'd be some gristle in there. Um, but I think I could probably finish myself a pea wing. What do you think? It's gamey. I think no. I think it's like got bones. Oh, okay. I think pea wings got bo- got bones. Yeah, and they're like hunted for sport. Whatever the pea wing comes off of, I guess a pea. Uh, yeah, we don't talk about that, huh? What about like a tanuki suit? That's a that's a clothing. I don't want to eat the tanuki suit or the frog suit because it's like I'm not going to eat my pants and shirt and, <laughs> and hat and gloves. What if they're made of fruit roll-ups? <laughs> well, yeah, okay. What if the fucking fire flowers made out of fruit roll-ups? This I could do that with anything. But I think we could speculate. You know, I don't think the fire flowers made of fruit roll-ups. That would be ridiculous. But if you're talking about <laughs> a suit, like a something you could wear. Certainly, edible clothing exists. Yeah. I feel like I'm being cross-examined right now. I have given my answer, and now <laughs> okay. I'm moving on. Okay, Justin, do you, do you have one? Bee mushroom. What? That looks good. The bee mushroom the, from oh. uh, from Galaxy. Mm. Remember, it's like a brown and yellow little confection with like, it looks like um, maybe a bit of honeycomb candy. It looks really Isn't it tasty. is like furry? It has like the no, fur. Maybe it's a little bit. I mean, it look no. I mean, it's like texturally mm. like looks furry, but that's just like to throw you off because it's like 
It looks really good. I would absolutely eat a bee mushroom. Do you think they're filled with honey or do you think it's like bees in there? I think it's a crunchy honeycomb exterior. Sort of like, have you ever had seafoam candy? Yeah. Mm. Okay, I'm thinking like seafoam candy exterior inside just a choice honey. Yeah. Um, I wanted to call out mine, uh, which is one of the forgotten uh, Mario power-ups and it is the three-up moon. Um, obviously there's oh, the sure. traditional uh, Mario mushroom one-up, uh, which I believe is green. The three-up moon is just a moon, but it gives you three lives. I always thought it tastes like astronaut ice cream. There's something like, mm. right? Is that because of its sort of celestial yeah, nature? Mm, that's part okay. of it. And also just the like the color and the solidity of it. I feel like you just like munch off a, a side of it and your mouth would just be exploded with ice cream flavor. Uh, is Yoshi a power up? No, he's, no. A, he's okay. a creature. You can't enslave yeah. Yoshi and eat him. No, sure. Well, I guess that conflicts with my answer. So I assumed that we're in kind of like a, a live, the movie, a live scenario, right? Like we're trapped on a mountain. Otherwise, like, why am I not just eating normal food, right? Like, it's like, right. like I'm in the middle of nowhere. Some malicious being named Russ is like, okay, you get one food item. It's from this list. And I'm like, what, you know, terrible dimension have I found myself in, right? So what I would choose is the double cherry, because the yeah. double cherry, on top of just tasting good, it's a cherry, right? Good. It also makes a copy of Mario. Now, people right. might say, no, it clones Mar, like it clones whoever eats it. But I choose to believe that it just creates more Marios. So if I eat the double cherry, then I have a whole Mario to eat. Oh, so it's like a prestige okay. situation. And there's no ethic. There's no like moral quantities there. He's no. not even real. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I, like I mean, honestly, it's the malicious god Russ's fault for putting me in this situation to begin with. The, well, the yeah. blood is on his hands. Okay. So let me ask you. Well, let me first say that, like, even though I have put you in this situation, it's uh. more like a buffet spread that's laid out in front of you. It's not like a malicious thing. It's it's really intended to be generous and my like being a benefactor to you. Yeah, so I'd still do this and then eat Mario. Now, the follow-up question I have is, the double cherry, how do you know that you're not the one being copied? Oh, my God. So you're saying, like, would I eat oh myself? Oh, my God. Well, every time you eat a double cherry, it makes a copy, but maybe you are the copy because it's copying Whoa, over all your memories. Shit. It has consciousness. Huh. So it's a 50-50 shot of whether you get eaten or not. You know what I would do? Mm. I would ask myself, hey, what day were you born? And then the one who knows. <laughs> they would both know. It's a literal, it's a, it's a, copy. It's a, it's a sort of copy got clone. It, got it, got it. No, oh, you know what I do is, okay, here, no, 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 no. This makes sense, right? We'd keep eating the cherries until there was like a thousand of me, right? Mm -hmm. And oh then God. like by the law of like copy machines, like, you know, you go to Kinko's, it would degrade. And then we would just, yeah. we would, <laughs> like, the ones that are, like, that are, like, they don't even, like, I'm know, horrible. you know, their fingers from their fists. <laughs> we eat them because we know for a fact they are not real me. Yeah. So this would be, like, what you're describing is you, Y-O-U, Gen X. Wow. I <laughs> hope that doesn't stay in the show. <laughs> it's a multiplicity situation. Jelani, what do you think? I feel like it did because it's very good. And may I say witty and urbane in a level that this show 
It's not accustomed to. Uh, mm. Well, I think we did it, Frush. Thanks for taking us down this road. Uh, oh, it's, it's not the road pleasure. I expected to take in the morning. Yeah, you absolute monster. <laughs> Let's talk about some communique from the other side, from the from the listenership uh, plant. Oh, yeah. Do you have anything? <laughs> I got some questions. One second. Uh, we got this from Shelby. Do you consider Mario games like Paper Mario to be kids' games that are fun for adults or approachable games that kids could play? Who do you think uh, uh, the audience is, effectively? My husband and I were debating this while we played uh, while we played the other day. Yeah, this sort of goes to what Justin was saying earlier, which is like, I think they are striving for a kids' game, but weirdly make it too complicated for kids to play. So it's kind of both. I think Mario in general, the if we're not talking about this specifically, we're talking about the franchise. Mm. I think what they're always striving for is the Pixar demo yeah. of like kids who are a little bit more refined plus adults who still have room for like some whimsy in their hearts. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that is the uh that that is always the target for yeah. for Mario games or at least the best. I ones. mean its design is specifically uh you, you know you talked about I want to make an RPG without items or levels or whatever like it's explicitly trying to make an RPG for people who don't play RPGs because they are like not attracted to those specific mechanics so like it is I I think it's easy to say like it's a younger audience but I think more specifically it's people who don't play these types of games but it's, love it's, slide it, puzzles <laughs> fucking love slide puzzle that's it though like they it's so frustrating because they got it right already they already did it right yeah. so many times and this the past three paper mario games uh, have just not gotten it question from cassandra who do you think is more ruggedly handsome paper mario or dr mario dr mario that's paper mario looks like paper mario is nothing yeah nothing i agree paper mario is Dude. nothing He's a little two-dimensional. Also, Dr. Mario is a doctor. Like, doctor. You can, smart. Thank you. you can have great conversations. It should be noted that the uh, Dr. Mario uh, mobile game that's out right now has apparently given doctorates to every single character in the Mario universe, including baby Bowser, who absolutely should not be a doctor. Does not make sense. Unless it's like a Doogie Howser situation, which is possible. I mean, to be fair... Dr. Mario is a doctor who matches colors of pills and says, that should do it. <laughs> Good. You, you should be fine. Now. Well, he also does it very, very fast, Justin. Mm. So that's true. Well, that's for his billing. Mm-hmm. So he can get it and see as many patients as is possible. Is he and- like reaching into someone's stomach and placing the pills himself? Is that what we're seeing? I think it's a jar. I think it's a jar. It's a jar. It's a giant pill bottle. He's organizing. He's basically organizing his pills so he can get out there and get to work. Well, I think he's like a research, like, scientist doctor who's, like, trying to find a cure for things. He's not actually putting the pills inside of them. Okay, so he's putting the germs inside of them then, intentionally. No, he's, people aren't, he doesn't touch people. Dr. Mario's bedside manner is uh-huh. fucking atrocious. And so he puts the germs in a bottle and then tries to kill them so he can come up with the cure. He's not, he doesn't oh. interface with with people at all. Mm. Wow. N- not like Dr. Waluigi, who has incredible bedside manner. Uh, he's a pedi- He's actually my son's pediatrician. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> he's very nice. See, you think that's what he's like, but that's just what he's like when he's fighting with his terrible brothers. Mm. But when he's with when he's with my son, and he's like, "I've got to give you a little shot," and then he'll sing a he sings a little. He'll be like, "Tura lura lura," and he's already given him the shot, and he doesn't cry. 
And the spider-like limbs don't terrify your son? He loves the spider limbs. Mm. He gets to hang things off of them. Yeah, he sure. He hangs toys and, yeah. Does he have like a prize, uh, so a prize chest that he can pick He's out? got a prize box. Yeah. He let my son take two prizes out of it last time. He's like, don't tell daddy. He's so sweet. I love him. The prizes are, are all old TV guys. <laughs> and empty cans of chewing tobacco. But still. <laughs> One final question (laughs) from M. Stanton. If everyone's made of paper, are books made of their flesh? Uh, Oh, no. This is like a card situation, huh? Yeah. Yeah, or kind of like a Necronomicon. Mm, Okay, so you're saying, are books made of flesh? Are there books in the Paper Mario universe? Like, have we seen books? I believe I saw a bookshelf in somebody's house. I mean, we do know that he does have confetti. Oh. So when he is throwing that, he's like, here you go, blood. Skin. <laughs> I'm having a skin party. I smashed up at this Goomba and I took his skin. Let me throw his blood right on you. Oh, oh there's an eyeball. Ooh. Oops, this is canonical. Well, I think that, that wraps up our question segment of the show. Uh, I mean, it's all ghoulish. Um, we should mention we are, uh, normally we would do like a what are we playing segment here. I don't know if there's any tiny, tiny things we can mention here, but we are going to be doing a big special next week about the best games you're not playing. So we're going to be highlighting a bunch of kind of uh, deeper cut titles. But is there anything tiny that anyone wants to mention? No, I've been playing uh, Aria of Sorrow, Castlevania. Aria of Sorrow, I just did it. I built a th- uh, Game Boy Advance SP, and Aria of Sorrow is like pound for pound, maybe my favorite Castlevania game. I've played it like 10 times. It's the, it's like the first one with the soul capturing mechanic yep. and has like, it's like Symphony of the Night on Game Boy Advance. It it absolutely kicks ass this game. Konami, why? Do, I know you don't make video games anymore. I get it. It's fine. But, like, just re-release all those Castlevania Nintendo games because they're all friggin' awesome. I don't understand yeah. why they... Why, Konami, why? Dawn of Sorrow, Dawn of Sorrow 2 on the DS is, like, exceptionally good. Yeah, they have, they, those two in particular are, like, absolute classics that I think hold up much better than Symphony of the Night, and they, I do not think they get their, uh, their, their recognition even the lowest one which is probably the first one that came out on uh game boy advance i forget circle of the moon is still pretty good Still pretty good they're all like eights and above which is just outstanding for a series that was that consistently good and uh we have not seen a release of any of them since they first came out which is so weird uh i'm just gonna say uh, we won't talk about it because we'll save it for next week but people should play carry on uh, it's coming out on the Switch and PC and, and maybe consoles, I think. And, and we uh, should say the game is carrying like the like a dead like creature a on the side yes. of the road and not carry on or carry on. Yeah, not that. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about it next week. But uh, if people are waiting for us to talk about a game that we are extremely into. Guess what? We'll be talking about a few of those next week, and I am really looking I'm forward so to excited. it. I'm so excited. That is going to do it for us. Make sure you follow and listen for free on Spotify, which you have likely done already, but it's still, we, we love it. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, um, mail at besties.fan. I would say maybe if there's a real hot one that you played this summer that you think might have slipped under the radar, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, maybe we'll 
also, you know, give it a look. Try to give it a little pitch, not just a name. Like, what it, what is it? There's a lot to sort through. Just not a lot of big games, which is why we are where we are. Uh, at the Besties Pod is our Twitter address, and I think there's also a pinned tweet there where you can sign up for our mailing list, right? Chris Plant, is that correct? Yes, there is. I recommend people do it. Do it. Please help us share the show. Besties.fan is the link, uh, but we have asked enough from you. So we will let you, uh, we will release you back into the wild. Thank you so much for listening. And until next week, be sure to join us again next time for the besties. Because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best games? a Spotify original podcast in association with Fox Media. The show is edited by Jelani Carter and produced by Ben Hosley. And our theme song is by Ian Dorsch. Besties!